We're back on at Crystal Lake. At the second camp on Crystal Lake. Mm. Friday the 13th, part two. Jared. Happy to be back. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly after the last time we talked Friday the 13th, we talked about the two worst that there was. Yeah. So it's kind of good to be back in some reasonably stable footage. Yeah, well, the highlight of those conversations was some bloke eating enchiladas <laughs> and sitting on the toilet. <laughs> the toilet threatening women. <laughs> yes. Before we get into it, did you watch anything at all? Just one. One. Very light week. I saw The Jungle Book at the movies. How was it? It was very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's hard to comment on the story... And everything because you're familiar with it, mm. but it's pretty spectacular to look at. Yeah, um, how they've sort of used the the real animals or put it up as as real animals interacting with the kid. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely worth a look. Worthwhile, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. John, Did all right, John Favreau. John Favreau, yeah, he seems to know his uh, way around a decent film. I didn't get into much either, Jared. I watched a little. Um, how do I put this? Turd <laughs> called the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah. No <laughs> good unless you want to see a zombie have his cock used as a like a bungee cord and then pulled off. <laughs> Actually yanked off his body. Can't say I've ever I don't know. About... I'm not going to go into how this all happens. <laughs> and if you're that desperate to see that, then hire this thing. But I remember seeing the trailer when it first came out and thought, oh, yeah, it looks, you know, like it could be all right for a laugh. No laughs to be had. <laughs> right. And you're Not looking, a good flick <laughs> You were looking all. for a good week after Freddy's dead. All right. I don't know where I got into that. Thankfully, I did watch something semi-decent. I watched the second episode of Jessica Jones. Yep. I really liked it. Mm. I think it's, it's – I'm actually much more drawn to that than Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, because I thought Daredevil's more up my alley. Yep. But this is just different. That's yeah. part of the reason why I like it. She's she's barely shown any signs of superhero elements at all. No, it and feels like not, a PI sort of show. Yeah, the the entire series, there's very little of mm. that. And we've just um, met David Tennant. Yeah, he's just fantastic. Met him, yeah. Once you start to get a bit more of him, it really picks up. But that's all I had. Mm. Slow week. All right, let's get back to the lake. The trailer for Friday the 13th, part two. Should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, part two. The body count continues. 14. All doomed. You're all doomed. 15. God. 16. 17. 
13th Part 2, directed by Steve Miner, who went on to have a semi-successful directing career. Lake Placid, Halloween H2O, I believe he did a Mel Gibson flick, Forever Young or something like that. So reasonably successful. Mm. Produced by Steve Miner and Frank Mancuso Jr., who handled the entire Friday the 13th series from 1 to 8. And written by Ron Kurtz, who wrote Eyes of a Stranger, which was another slasher film from the... um, Early 80s, I think. Stars Amy Steele as Ginny, John Fury as Paul, and Adrian King as Alice. Budget was 1.25 million squid, which is slightly, it's probably about double what the original was, I think. Made about $21 million, which is a half what the original made. A little bit of trivia there's actually a shot of the double impalement that was cut out to avoid an X rating, and it's, yet it's still on the back of the video box. I believe that was cut up pretty bad. Mm. Um, Just so you know, um, videos haven't been around for a while. I know, but <laughs> it's, I don't think it's on the new DVD package. Yeah. I don't think I need to go on a synopsis, for fuck's sake. I mean, um, see parts one, <laughs> three, I'll throw in a little bit John, of nine. Yeah, yeah, it might be the, the, you know, the odd edition of it. <laughs> The odd addition of a worm that jumps from body to body or a psychic. <laughs> or a, or it's a, the same movie. Or a massive coroner shaving down another guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, okay. Jared, general thoughts, mate. For a long time, I really didn't like this. I used to really like part one, and then I thought two and three were real dead spots. I, I think this is actually better than part one. I think the... Knowing that it's it's Jason from the get go uh, removes that element that I found really sort of pointless last time we watched part one. Um, of there was this sort of this mystery, mystery but there was never any clues as to who it was going to be really. Whereas this time around, it was just this is who it is, and a little bit of stalking, stalking slash. Um, so it had a bit more of the structure that we're sort of familiar with and, and fond of. Mm. And I think Ginny is actually. A, a really good final girl. Mm. So, I've, I've last couple of times I've watched this, I've really turned around on it. So, I think I'll probably sit at a three. Three? Yeah. I'm actually going to go a little bit high, substantially higher because I gave three to the original, and this is far superior to the original, to be honest. Um, I was a little bit like you. I remember watching this early on and thinking, not enough gore. You know, it was like they'd kind of dropped the gore, and that kind of I don't know. Tainted my view of it. It was a. Li- I always felt it was just a little bit less in terms of that quality. But looking at the movie now, yeah, it's got problems. I mean, Jesus, it's a slasher movie for God's <laughs> sake. But as far as slasher movies go, I think this is a really good example of the. This really is classic. This this sits, 
fits the template perfectly. Um, it basically covers all the bases you want. It's sharp, it's lean, it's 80 minutes. It flies past and it does everything pretty much right. So for me, I actually give it three and a half. I was actually considering four because I think as far as slasher movies go, this is one of the really good ones. But I sort of knocked a little bit off. When I look back on my dislikes, I noticed there was a few of the things here where you sort of just, yeah. you know, you really, it's hard to, hard to cop. I think your four might have been stretching it a little bit. So I'll give it a three and a half because I think it's definitely better than the original. Yep. There was quite a few things I noticed watching it this morning that I haven't sort of noticed before or I've sort of semi-noticed and just kind of dismissed it. But it's actually technically more proficient than the original across the mm. board. Yeah, Everything like about it is much cleaner. It looks better. Um, I think it's better directed, to be honest. I think it's got some actual flourishes of reasonable directing skill. And I think as far as Final Girls go, at least they try to put some sort of character element in there about her. Yeah. And the, the her study in child psychology and all that type of stuff. So I think they do some really, really good things. Yeah. Getting back to Amy Steele, what you said before, not only is she tough and she thinks about what she's doing and she's, you know, and she's kind of, she's really likable and natural. And but I think the actress actually gives a decent performance. Yeah, she's which pretty, is bloody pretty rare good. in these movies. Yeah, as as they go, acting talent isn't sort of <laughs> it's not heavy on the acting talent. It's usually fairly inexperienced uh, actors, and I think she she's stands out. Yeah, yeah, she stands out. Plus, I actually think the um, the pairing of her and Paul also feels natural. Mm. The relationship feels actually like it seems like they're, they're together, you know? Like, yeah. The Friday the 13th movies are not known for that sort of stuff. So I think they probably, I don't know if it's, it's would it be luck or just, <laughs> I think it's more of a luck thing. <laughs> it might have been luck in the draw. I think it's, you get a couple of people who maybe are a little bit more experienced or whatever, and you get them together and it seems to work. Mm. And in this case, it works. Yep. There's a couple of really good jump scares. Mm. Surprisingly good. Um, I didn't actually, again, looking back on it before I watched it today, I just thought it was pretty ho-hum as far as that's concerned. But when things get down to down the stretch, there's a there's a couple in, in a row which are really good, especially the one where she goes into the bathroom, mm. she's holding the door, and then... She leans back to go out the window, and he just comes smashing through with his hand. Yeah, and then he follows it up with a with a pitchfork through the door. She she goes to go to the door, and then the pitchfork just comes smashing through. I think that that they're far better than some of the stuff that was in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I think overall, the Jason stuff was quite good. There was there was uh, didn't seem to be overdoing the point of view. It was a bit of point of view, but it didn't seem like it was just too much. But um, I think that the, bit of... the good thing about the point of view is it keeps him around. In yeah. The first 40 minutes, you don't have to actually see him, but you know he's there. Classic, yeah, it's Halloween. It's crib from the Halloween playbook, but yeah. it works. Yeah, and I think it worked in this one, and uh, they seemed to do a good job of, the, you know, there'd be a little bit of POV, and then it'd drop off long enough to set up a set up a jump scare. Or Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was pretty well handled. 
The characters are thin. No. I said before, before we came on here, there's actually one character I cannot remember her name. <laughs> I think it's Terry. Yeah. She exists wholly and solely to get naked. Uh, I think she says maybe about two lines of dialogue mm-hmm. total. She's then killed, but off screen. Yep. So all around maybe five minutes of footage. It's a, it's a role you can really get, get you think your teeth I know. Out. I mean, I'm sure when she got the, the script, she said, what, what's my motivation? He said, <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> motivation to find a wardrobe that's not three sizes too small. Yeah. <laughs> Although the characters are thin, what they do is they come in quickly and they establish them quickly. Mm. Right? No fucking around. No wasting heaps of time on excess character development. And I guess, you know, in a movie like this, you're not, you don't have two hours to work with. You've got no. 85 minutes, if you're lucky. Mm. So the character, the character development is a straight line. There's no <laughs> sort of deviations. There's uh, no meandering. And all you are is you are like a robotic. <laughs> you are a faceless, nameless goon <laughs> with a slight... Oh, that's the that's the nerdy guy. Yeah, or the, yeah. or the that's jock. The, the jock. You know, it's that type of thing. Yeah. But in a movie like this, you need to do that, and mm. they do it really well. In the, within about fifteen minutes, you know all your players. Yeah. And you know that this is what they're going to be doing. There's not going to be much to it. Yep. But you know who they are, so I think that's a really good. Um, you know, you'd need to get that sort of stuff happening, and that's why this movie, I think, works in terms of that template. Mm. The, the the slasher movie template. Mm. I really like the campfire scene. Yeah, I did like it because I think it kind of establishes a bit of the mythology that you didn't know. Yeah, I think it was good up until the part that my least favorite character was the one that jumped out at oh, the end. Oh, that shit! Yeah, no, cut that. They should yeah. have ripped that out. That to me, it still it worked without that. You could have not had that. It had an ominous sort of feel about it, the yeah, way he tells it. I can understand, you know, leading up to that it was good, and if it had been handled... I mean, if we hadn't seen this thing a million times, you might sort of still get caught up in the story he's telling and cop a little bit of a jump scare out of that. But I, I the guy playing um, Ted... <laughs> Was not my. He's not really my favourite. <laughs> so right. I kind of hoping uh, he stumbled back into camp and got back. <laughs> yeah, but he unfortunately did not. Mm. Yeah, I, no, I do like that scene because I kind of think it establishes a little bit of the mythology that that gets used later on in the series. Yeah, it works pretty well. It was actually more beneficial than the flashback. I actually had the flashback in my dislikes, but. They're sort of telling that campfire story was served just as much of the purpose as that did. Really. Yeah, and in fact, you could have ditched a flashback, couldn't you? Mm. In a sense, though, too, the, the campfire and the mythology that's kind of created in this movie is really the franchise. It is, it, It's yeah. beyond just being a franchise starter because it's the sequel. It actually sets a lot of the rules. It does because it's the one that's got the, the kind of... I know the first one was a bit of a slasher, but this one was the one that sort of introduced Jason, obviously, and it uh, it stuck with that. And I think, yeah, it was more successful. The stalk and slash sort of stuff worked a bit better when you knew who it was. And, yeah, I, I, I just think overall this probably is the one that the rest of, the rest of them probably copied. Yeah, from. mostly. And, 
again, Jason's story in the original was the boy that drowned in the lake. That was it. There was nothing more to him. You didn't know anything more. This one spreads it out, gives you the story behind who Jason was. Yeah. And that's then used for the rest of the series. So I think that in a way it's kind of set that set that in motion, mm. this movie rather than the original. Yep. What was your take on the kills? Uh, a couple of memorable ones. Mostly mostly did the job. A couple that yeah, you know, we were already copying from part one with the, the, the one on the bed with the two of them, but it was just sort of upping the ante with two instead of one. And mm. it, it was kind of a copy of the Kevin Bacon one, but just ramping it up. Uh, about 10 notches. Um, I'm assuming it was minus the stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume so. Um, I mean, that's what that's, what, that's the thing about Bacon. Bacon, he brings something extra to the <laughs> table. Yeah, brings a large, <laughs> large bit of extra gear to the table. Um, yeah, I think overall it was pretty good. A couple of them were just sort of run of the mill. Stabbing. Um, they did the job. Yeah, I actually think they 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 subtly sort of up the ante. Yeah, I actually really like the wheelchair one. Yeah, because what I actually like about it is not the gore side of it, but actually the way they set it up and they're sort of dollying in behind him. Yeah, and then they're dollying in from the front, and just as they get to right to the back of his head, they yeah. give a lightning flash. Yeah, and it kind of, it kind of, you, you, your eyes get caught on that. Yeah, and then bang, he gets the machete in the face. Yeah, so I think that that's that's actually one of the more memorable ones in the series. I actually had him, Mark himself, as a as a like. A like me, I did because hear me out. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> you, you may call me crazy, but it's actually quite a progressive portrayal of someone with a disability. Is it? It is. <laughs> it is because. They're not presenting him from like a, a deficit model. He's just one of the crew. They're not focusing on this guy in a wheelchair. It's light years past something like Franklin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. He was helpless and whining and a real sort of downer. This guy was just one of the crew. In a way, he was a, he was sort of the jock character. Yeah, he actually so, kind of was because he was always talking about being in training. Yeah, and but he a, wasn't a, he wasn't a tosser. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it was presenting him as just one of the crew, and in killing him like that, there's a cynical part of me that says they went for a bit of shock value, but another part of me says, well, he's he's just another bloke at camp. So by knocking him over in that fashion, it's just treating uh, someone with a disability as just part of the crowd, which is what he is. So I actually, I was quite impressed with that. Again, don't know whether it's intentional. It may have had something to do with the actor. Um, Maybe. But I think it was actually quite good to see. Yeah, well, look, again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more pitching down the road of um, the fact that they, they, don't even, they don't even point out the wheelchair. No. It's, it's not even mentioned. It's not particularly focused upon. Yeah. Which I think is good. I, I think, and I don't think that's... A, Unintentional. I think that's just... No, I think it was... It was just the way it sort of played out. Like yes. Nobody on the set even considered the fact that, oh, we need to point out this guy's got a disability. Yeah, well, so when I, when I um, say, I don't know if it was intentional, I'm probably speaking from, like, the writer's point of view. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it, it definitely was intentional because it was only ever... There's sort of one, one part where it's pointed out, and that's when he's 
getting himself to the the opening sort of meeting. Yeah, and, and he the just girl gets in asks the, yeah. to help. Yeah, and he says, "No, no, I'm good." Yeah, and that's that's it. And honestly, in this at, at that point of time, it's kind of unusual to see that. Yeah, and not have it highlighted and pointed out. Yeah, exactly. I actually also don't mind the scene in the bar. Yeah, where they discuss Jason's psychology, yeah. basically, and. Paul kind of ends up saying Jason's a legend, yeah, just a legend. Yeah. I think that's another, again, it expands on the mythology, and it's another part of this movie having a little bit more, a little bit more effort into a couple of sequences where the writing's a bit better than what it was in the original. Yeah. It's not a mile better, but no, it does No, but it's, it's, it's better... It's enough that you'll listen to those couple of sequences. Yeah, and you don't have, compared to part one, you don't have those stretches that just seem to go on forever. Like the, the, end, of, the end of part one where Alice seemed to be making a cup of tea and they're running from one cabin to the next and locking a door. Like that seemed to go on for ages. In this one, they didn't seem to stretch on like that. This one's lean and mean. Hmm. It's, it's fast. They don't buggerise around with any subplots. There's no subplots. It's an A to B story, mm. and that is the reason why I think it was successful in, in kickstarting this franchise, because once they got this right, they thought, oh, shit, we'll just do this again and again and again and again. Yeah. That's basically how the, the, the this franchise progressed. I think the final chase, which is probably the last 15 minutes, I mean, I know nothing about time considering I thought the first, <laughs> the first fucking part of Speed was 8 to 10, and it was 25, so... I'm saying 15, that means it was 45. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I reckon yeah, the last you 15... this was a short film. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I reckon the last 15, the, the chase, been the cat and mouse between him and Ginny, I actually think it's really, it's really good. Yeah. It, it, it never flags. It never sort of has you going, oh, fuck, let's get on with it. Yeah. Because think about it, it's 15 minutes total... Throw in the the last couple of minutes down at the shack and all that. It's yep. probably only really about ten minutes of actual chase. Yep. Whereas the original probably had a similar time. It was so laboured. It was probably because it was direction was a little bit sort of pedestrian. Whereas this one, at least, it throws in a couple of really nice um, camera moves in the in the chase. There's the one where it's basically like a um, it's a steady cam on a um, on a track. And it runs up the up the um, front of a cabin, across to the towards the corner, and then she comes out in front of it. Mm. And it sort of it, it kind of feels like you it's it, you're running with her, and then she sort of intercepts it coming out from beside the house, and then the camera sort of follows her. Really nice one. Also, really love the bit where she goes. She's standing in the doorway in Jason's shack, looking in at the the corpses, and the windows next to her. Mm. And you look through the window, and you see him. Charging yeah. down towards her. Yeah. So there's a couple of just nicer directorial flourishes. Yeah. And maybe that's what a bit extra money brings you. And also the fact that you know who's doing it mm. too. Because in part part one you didn't know it for so long, they didn't have the opportunity to do a little bit of that, you know, showing him in the background. And yeah, yeah. And and again... This this one is better because it had the luxury of the original to look at. Yeah. To look at and go, geez, what do we need to 
to change. Yep. And I think they success, succeeded in doing that. Yep. I think they looked closely at the original and decided on what, what didn't work. Uh, what else? The la- I think the last thing for me that I liked was the way she actually does use, she dresses as the mother. Yeah. And uses it to kind of disarm him. Yeah. Parts of it seem quite silly, but every time I watch it, I, I really, I, I, I do like it. Hmm. Uh, when she first goes in and sees the kind of altar, it's it's creepy. And then, even though it does seem a bit silly, kind of reversing Mrs. Voorhees' obsession with Jason to yeah. him sort of missing his mother or whatever is, is going on, it's... I was quite happy with it. But also it ties back into all that stuff they've talked about. They've yeah. talked about the child psychology and they've talked about her at the bar talking about his mental state and all that stuff. I want to know a bit more about her qualifications. So do so I. I want to know if she completed those quals. But I think I, she might have just Googled it. I think that it's a, I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's a little bit more a little bit more effort. Whereas the first one's more of a she's She's fighting for her life, and it just sort of happens that she beheads her on the beach. You know, yeah. it's not a, it's not it's not kind of planned or anything. She kind of thinks about it, I guess, in this one. Yeah, that was pretty much it for for me as far as likes are concerned. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of likes, which was funny. I didn't really pinpoint a whole lot of things. I had, but I had overall, I had a lot more about the movie that I, I liked than I disliked. Mm. I just didn't really sort of pinpoint a whole. Yeah, and I, that, I think that's the hard thing about this sort of stuff. Yeah. With slashes being as generic as they are, some of them you, do, you like and some of them you don't like. Yeah. And you can't sometimes put your finger on exactly what made this other one better. Yeah. It just felt better. Well, I had a couple more to add. Yeah. Uh, probably probably going in with the direction to start, I really like the opening. Not when they get into the apartment. Oh, with the little girl singing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought singing, that was great. Just... And you With see feet, his feet, yeah. and then yeah, his feet. Uh, I really like that. And there's always something creepy about. I've seen it in a few. I mean, it's it's a it's a, a horror movie staple now. A, a, a child singing a nursery rhyme, but it's still sort of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I liked I liked that, and I also liked you sort of you sort of mentioned it as well. The fact that they kind of stuck true to part one. Hmm. They actually sort of built on the mythology, which could have been just some luck. We've talked we've talked previously about how you know the end of part one having Jason jump out was a masterstroke because it was a good scare, but then somebody sort of jumped on board and yeah. thought we could you know Jason could still be alive, and then we go from there. But I'm glad they sort of built on it and and took the elements in the first one and and worked something around it. Yeah, um, they didn't just sort of forget it. We're starting fresh with. With something else, they sort of just took what they had and built around it. I also liked, I liked the look of Jason in this one. Yeah, I, I kind of that's one of my dislikes. I, I it just it's never, it's never sat with me real well. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I got a fondness for it just because I don't know whether it's because it's so different. Obviously, when you go to from part three onwards. And you start getting the mask. The differences are, are not massive. Yeah. Um, this one, I thought, yeah, it does the job. You know, it's it's 
the overalls and the sacks sort of the, the look just works okay for me. Um, yeah. As a, as the look of a, a slasher, if it wasn't in the Friday the Thirteenth films, you know, it might feel a little different. It might be a little bit generic, but there's something about the the sack over the head with the one eye hole. I, I think it works. I think it looks pretty. Look, good. I think it it kind of has that. It does have a bit of a creepy look at times. I actually found the sack head better in the remake. To be honest, I think yeah. that actually looked really good well, because I it was think, a little tighter around yeah, his head. I think the difference in that one was that it was. Uh, he had the same costume when he got the mask on yeah. too, whereas this one, we never see him in overalls in the series ever again. Yeah, that's right. In, in, um, in, the, in the remake, he was, he was wearing the same yeah. kit that he wore with the, the mask anyway. So. And I definitely like, once you get part three onwards, I definitely like the look of that better than the overalls, Yeah, the, the sort of costumes they put him in. But I think, yeah, I think it's the, the, the sort of the sack head, the one eye cut out of it. I, yeah, it, it works for me. And it, I guess it does kind of... I wouldn't have it over the hockey mask. It does kind of um, push more towards, well, the bloke was basically scavenging. Mm. So he was only using what he could find. Mm. And and he, it's, it's a burlap bag or a sack or whatever yeah. with one eye hole and a bit of rope tied around his neck to keep it in place. Yeah. The kind of thing that he would have found scavenging. Flanning his, his overalls are pretty clean, though. For a bloke yeah. For a bloke that's, you know, there's a lot Strangely of pressed. There's a lot of blood yeah. going around. doesn't seem to – it must have uh, scotch guarded yeah, or something. Yeah, it must have. <laughs> Either that or there's some sort of quality washer-dryer package <laughs> out the back of that fucking disgusting shack of his. <laughs> I mean, it didn't have a proper working dunny, but yeah, it, it has not It doesn't wash the toilet, but, you know. <laughs> Give him a give him a bucket and a thing and nappy oh, sand. He's off. Imagine being busting to drop a loaf and coming across <laughs> that can. Oh, you're gonna have to be doing some squatting. You better it. have your thighs. <laughs> your thighs better be working. Okay, what about dislikes, mate? Yeah, most of them were. Most of, see, this is the thing I like about the series. Most of the dislikes are things that I can laugh at. Yeah, and kind of enjoy anyway. Uh, uh, just quick, I'm just gonna bust in straight away. Adrian King. Just terrible. Not happy? Her performance is terrible. I mean, I, I believe in Chris Lake memory. She says they basically didn't have a script. They just said stand improvise, around. stand around, and talk on the phone like you've got something to say. She also has the shortest shower in the history of film. Yeah. and I don't even think she's wet. Is she? Well, not only that, but again, this was something that had sort of passed me by a few times, but she's got all those drawings around. Quite frankly, they look like concept sketches <laughs> for shit 80s hairbands. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. They're all these guys with... Discarded one, David Bowie cover. Yeah, yeah, one strife on the face. Yeah, and, yeah it's not... Oh, yeah, the whole opening bit with her, the flashback, flashback goes on for about four or five minutes. Yeah, it's um, way too long. It's way too long, and I don't think... Watching it, I think if you hadn't seen the first one, that one's not adding heaps. It's just adding a couple of lines about, oh, I'm, you know, Mrs. Voorhees. Uh, and then, you know, going into yeah. the... Oh, Whereas, as you and, say, the fire campfire discussion takes care of all of that information. Yeah. I mean, they could have done a bit of a flashback with her getting involved in the in the fights or whatever. I don't think they needed four minutes of it. Mm. Um, so a little bit of that, then the campfire, and I think you've probably got what you need. I mean, I guess in my timeline, it's that, that four minutes is probably a minute. Crazy Ralph. Yeah. He's equally annoying yes. here as he was in the first time. <laughs> I'm... Doing all that shit he's pulling and yeah. those faces, you know. Oh, he's he got a looks... death curse. Yeah, I, I, think, 
I still think I'm in the minority because there seems to be a lot of love for Crazy Ralph, but uh, I couldn't wait to see him go. But, but the, the love is for what he represents, yeah. the soothsayer and that is yeah. part and parcel of your slasher movie. I don't think, I'm, well, I'm assuming the love's not really for performance. No. Because, well, he, I mean, he's only on screen again for probably maximum of about five minutes if he's if he's lucky. Not even. Probably even that less. I mean, you see him one time in, at the, the town and then you see him get necked. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's like I just couldn't, said, I don't warm to the boat. The way he sort of strains his face and yeah. stretches his, you know, stretches his neck and his jaw out while he's peering over at the kids. And yeah. I'm like, just, it's, it's really overdone. Yeah. Um, and I just don't, I never warmed to Ralph. No, somehow. neither did I. Scott. Scott. You like Scott. You think Scott I looks... think Scott looks like Jonathan Sheff. <laughs> or Sketch, as we've been calling him for a decade or two. <laughs> um, prom night alarm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Scott, quite frankly, his opening scene, he used a slingshot to peg a rock at some Terry's backside. Mm. She turns around and he, he's a winker. <laughs> And, a winker or a... Yeah, well, he's, letter out he's a grade A pervert. He's a grade A winker or... Yeah, he's just... He's one of these characters I just don't... It's very, very hard to warm to this sort of character. But in saying that, and I will give the movie some credit, he's just... He's not around long enough yeah. to overstay his welcome. And I think that's probably, again, coming back to what I said before, characters are thin, but they're quickly... Set up, yeah. And quickly killed off. Well, the good thing is Scott is from that '80s school of the kind of glazer, a little bit of the glazer mold, a little bit of Revenge of the Nerds is school Scott pranks. Where possibly a meatballs. Well, no, 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 he's from that school of comedy where sexual harassment equals massive laughs. Apparently, <laughs> according to him. Um, yeah, he also steals the clothes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how old are we? <laughs> yeah. But the good thing, like turning that into a positive, is that they don't overdo it. They don't make this guy the one that the girls are all swooning over, and he's yeah. You know, we don't spend too long with him. We don't have to watch him too much. You know, pestering <laughs> girls. And he's gone pretty early, so that was a positive. <laughs> there's a, there's that bit where he goes, Terry, are you going to go to the bar? And she goes, Um, I think I have a night here, and he goes. I'll have a night here too. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you sleaze. You've got a boner, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. It was good that they didn't uh, they didn't push that on too long. Yeah, it's not like something like the burning where we have to we, have we spend to three quarters the of the movie and he's lubricated rubbers oh, God, forever. Pissed. Yeah. Like and, and Glazer in the burning, you know, to slightly to go off the tangent, but Glazer takes up forty five. Probably an hour. I think he's in it for about he's in it an for hour. A long time, yeah. And you can't have that. And this yeah. movie at least understands that 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 these characters are not going to stay alive long enough to mm. pester anyone too long. Yeah. So I think that that's 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 a positive in that direction. But as a character like Scott, I just could not get it. I couldn't get on board with the play. No, I think that was the. I think that was the idea. Okay. Um. This is one thing I actually found rather interesting while I was watching it this morning. Now. Caitlin, my daughter, had a friend over and, and they were up. Yeah, they'd been out for a night on the piss, so they were, they were up really early. They'd come home late. And I thought, I better turn keep the, the sound down so, you know, 
they're going to want to sleep and I don't want to wake them up. Honest to goodness, I could have turned the sound off and I probably would have enjoyed the movie just as much. The dialogue <laughs> is pretty shit-ass. <laughs> Apart yeah. from those couple of scenes, you could probably make it up as you went along. Yeah, it's pretty bland. Yeah, so... Nothing really to spice things up. No, no, yeah, there's no ziggers in there anyway. No, no. Yeah, so... I guess I, it was funny to think that if I turned the sound down, I probably wouldn't miss anything. Yeah, the only time you're really sort of paying attention is when when Ginny's talking. Yeah, that's right. Um, and even then, some of it's well she, touch and go. She's not really talking about much other than a couple of key scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. The brown undies? <laughs> You know the girl that's flirting with yeah, your mate. Yeah, I know Mark. the girl. She says, "Let me go freshen up." Yeah, it's on. Yeah, because I believe she says your your cabin or mine. Yeah, yeah. She goes back to the the cabin, changes out of her clothes into this <laughs> pair of poo brown undies. <laughs> okay. And I'm thinking you're upset by this. Well, it's outside the realm of. Yeah, I expected she was going back to freshen up, getting to something a little bit sort of, you know. But no, we're into the brown undies. Okay, <laughs> that's the, the that's that might have been the best that was on offer at the maybe, time. Maybe, maybe that whole bit there. That's probably the slowest bit of the movie. When she goes outside to get changed, mm. gets changed, puts the lamp on because it's been pulled out, goes out to a car yeah. to get a hairbrush. That's where the movie. The only time it slows. Yeah, that was a bit too... It's kind of like, it's as if... And then they have the Jason POV as an attempt to kind of generate some suspense. Yeah. That he's right there. But it doesn't really work. It's the one time that the movie sort of slows down. And thankfully they resurrect that pretty quickly with the death of Mark. Yeah. He's then killed within that... Within about a minute of that that scene being on. So... I didn't like that. I just felt that that bit slowed things down a little bit. Mm. Well, I had a dislike about uh, when Jason runs across the road in front of the sheriff. I was slightly disappointed that he didn't do the madman no, master sort of stop and turn around <laughs> and wiggle his hands. And... Plus, the, the bloody sheriff must be blind or something because he only picks him up as he's running off into the woods. Yeah, So yeah. you're trying to tell me he didn't see him go running from yeah. one side to the other? We get a little bit of a... Like a little sting, yeah, yeah. and then a shot of Jason when just he's, as he's entering just the, other the other side. Yeah, yeah. Plus, uh, the, the sheriff, sheriff is knocked up after about five yeah, minutes, and he keeps stopping for a breath, <laughs> and then on. charges forward. Whereas I'm going, fuck this. I don't yeah, care yeah. who's out there. Yeah. I actually had a. I was thinking to myself when the sheriff picked up the two kids for the, a little bit of a, an attempt at jump scare when the sheriff picked up the two two kids at camp, but. What's he doing there? Yeah, Why does did he, he see them? Why does he? He's like he's obviously they're obviously a little bit a little way out of town. He doesn't have a lot to do, I guess. But what's he hanging around? He was bored, mate. Decided to do a few laps. Go and do your job, sheriff. Get back into town. Well, I'm gonna say this: How many camps are there in Crystal Lake? Because no, no. <laughs> Camp Blood was where the first one happened. Yeah. Then we've got Path. Pasternak Lodge or something is mm. where they are. Yeah. It's obviously not the other camp. No. Not the one from the original. I mean, this 
can't, this lake is just dotted with campgrounds. Are you after a sort of meatball style competition between camps? Yeah, or? why wasn't you know why wasn't there a bloody end of year showdown between Camp Crystal Lake and Pasternak Lodge? Maybe we could have got Jason on a pair of water skis. Yeah, or, something, you know? or the or the yeah the big boxing tourney or something like that. Look, it doesn't bother me too much. Is that that? That's the only that's the only one in the series that's different though, isn't it? No, they, because they all go back to camp. Because three is Higgins Haven. Oh, that's right. Four is a house randomly secluded. Yeah, yeah but in terms of camps. Yeah. Seven camps. is it's never actually explained. Is <laughs> seven. Uh, six is Camp Forest Green, which is Camp Blood. It is well, allegedly. Yeah. I mean, I assume Forest I thought they Green. renamed. I think Crystal Forest Green Lake is, to Forest Green. I don't, I don't know, know if they renamed the camp, did they? Oh, I think, well, my understanding was Forest Green was Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. renamed. Um, Seven. But the other ones, I mean, the houses and things like that, you can cop that. Yeah, you can cop the houses. The, the, ta- the, the camps. Obviously, um, we. I don't, I'm going to assume that the Unger Institute of Mental Health was also... <laughs> 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 well, the why Unger we, uh, Country Club for uh, Mental why, Health. Why we, um, <laughs> if you got a, if you got a, <laughs> an institute, <laughs> I wouldn't imagine you'd do it at a secluded lodge on a lake. You know, yeah. an institute would be... A sort of God, this lake, something in the city. <laughs> this lake is just surrounded by death and destruction. Let's put an institute. But we also for... know that the lake, you know, the lake connects uh, somewhere to allow them <laughs> somehow. The lake connects the, them to be able to get to New York City, or a... <laughs> which is the ocean. <laughs> Come on, so like, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, probably we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. There is one piece that irritates me, and I know I shouldn't get irritated by this because this is classic slasher movie tropes. But Ginny is Ginny for the entire movie is shown as strong and resourceful and smart, but then she takes a chainsaw to the bloke's arm, mm. puts him down on the ground, belts him over the head with a, a chair, yeah, knocks him out. Doesn't does not pick up. I mean the chainsaw, I think. Basically gets ruined. I think yeah. that's the gist of that. So I'm not worried about that. Doesn't pick up the busted fork of the pitchfork as a potential weapon, even just to sort of stay with the weapon. Doesn't do anything with him, walks out the door and leaves him there. And I know yeah. this is trope stuff, but it just shits me because she's been a really good final girl. Yeah. And then they pull that. It's, it's contrivance to get that. Showdown at the shack. Yeah, that's basically that, all it is. That stuff always bothers me, especially when they've got something and then drop it, or or something's close by and you're not instantly reaching for that to get a bit of protection there. You know, like yeah, that always bothers me. So I'll let you have that one. Yeah, and I think the final ending with yeah, okay, the sting is not bad, still not as good as the first one. No. But the sting is reasonably effective. Yeah. Uh, especially when it shows it at a long shot. Yep. And he comes through for the first time. But the fact that it's kind of ambiguous, it's as if no one really cared or knew what to do at the end. Yeah. So you've got Paul. No one knows what happened to Paul. <laughs> We're not sure if Jason coming through the window was a dream or not. Yeah. I think it's established. It is established later that it is, but 
for this one, it wasn't. Yeah. If you were just watching this movie on its own, you wouldn't have known. And I know that there was supposedly meant to be an ending where it zooms in on Mrs. Voorhees' dead, yeah, yeah. gone, and she winks. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. Another winker. Oh, God. <laughs> I think she winks and smiles. Yeah, yeah. Sounds bloody ridiculous. You can see why they didn't use it. But Warrington Gillette, fair credit for, for pretty much the dream sequence. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all he's in, isn't he? Pretty much. I that's what that's they reckon. Yeah. There's a lot of contentious talk well, about that. I don't know whether he thinks that, but I believe, yeah, he said he was a stuntman or whatever and couldn't do it, yeah. wasn't. So they did that, replaced him with Steve Dash, but then didn't have enough money to redo the prosthetics. They brought Warrington Gillette back to finish the dream stuff. Right, okay. So he got the credit. That's that's my understanding of things. Yeah, well, that's so, it's hard to tell on. It's a bit all over Crystal Lake memories, yeah. but it, it insinuates that he didn't do it. Yeah, he well, claims he's although, he claims more than that. Although I think um the girl that gets stabbed um in the stomach after finding the impaled pear, doesn't she say that her killer was Warrington Gillette? Mm. I think she does. I can't remember. I think she does. Yeah. So it's very very contentious as yep. to what who did what. That's all I've got for this one. Mm. Anything else in your resume? I had one, again, this is another classic one where it's a dislike, but I, I laugh at it every time, it was, mm. was Crazy Ralph when he dies. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the rope goes over a tree that, <laughs> judging by the stump, would be about 50 feet tall. <laughs> well, well, if I'm not mistaken, Crazy Ralph is actually leaning up against the stump. He's leaning stood against the tall, stump. Yeah. So that's six feet at the minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, the tree, at, at worst, is 15 feet tall. <laughs> and the, the, <laughs> the rope or whatever it is just sort of goes over it. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Uh, there's also a little nice little bit where, if you look closely, when um, Sandra goes into the woods and finds the Crystal Lake... Sign on the ground, mm. and they go, no, no, you don't want to go there. Let's get out of here. And they show Jason watching her. If you look closely on the ground, there is a guy with a fucking boom mic. Awesome. You can see him. He's just. Yeah. <laughs> That's All two right. weeks in a row. There's one of them in speed too. Oh, is there? Yeah, the guy crouched, one of the crew crouched in the stairwell where you can clearly see his head and the. Head oh, and right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had to have a bit of a joke like that. Yeah, yeah. Any other dislikes, man? Uh, no, I think we're going to cover some of them in the discussion, so yeah. I'll, I'll leave it there. All right. I'll take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're actually going to have a bit of a look at the Friday the 13th timeline and some inconsistencies, as I would say. <laughs> back in a minute. Jason, mother is talking to you. Jason, mother is talking to you.
I think it's fair to say, Jared, that the Friday the 13th timeline is not what you'd call rigid. <laughs> no, I don't think there was any sort of series Bible that people were it's, working off when they wrote. It's got some entries. flexibility to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why we love it. Really. That, that is why we love it. I mean, look, we love this series to death. But if you look closely at the timeline, taking into account every film that's been made, and people have done that, mind you. Look, it wouldn't hold bit. up. It wouldn't hold up the cross examination. <laughs> no, no, it would not. No. And we're about to cross examine this particular timeline. Now, everything fits fine in the in the in the stuff about Pamela Voorhees and Jason's birth and all that sort of stuff. It fits fine mm-hmm. because Jason was actually born in nineteen forty six, I believe, is what I have here. Yeah, forty six. Sort of established. He died in 1957, so he was 11 years old when he allegedly drowned in Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. Okay, she commits those two murders at the start of the first movie in the year later. Yep, and then flash to 1979. Mrs. Voorhees is back. They're reopening the camp. Yep, that's the first movie. Yes. Now that would make Jason how old, Jared? He would be in his 30s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's a fully grown human being. Yes. Where has he been? If he survived... Well, if we Taking into account... They said he drowned when he was 11 years old. He's... As far as I can tell, he's been studying his certificates in... um, Carpentry. Carpentry, electrical, plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) The setup. And I miss plumbing. If uh, part two's toilets are ready to go. Yeah, well, once he sort of finished his little shack, once he got his poles, got qualified, built his little shack, he thought, right, let's go and kill some people. (laughs) I'm going to be just throwing this out there, but the shack did not look. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that to me, that's not a cert four. So you reckon someone's coming in expecting that? Like, Listen, mate, you need to get the sack off your head because this is not the code. Dude, right? you know, you've been using one eye for fuck's sake. Yeah, Have a look yeah. at this thing. Put another hole in your sack and it make sure like something Dr. The Seuss would have drawn. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so Jason's in his 30s in 79. Well, it takes time to get, you know, it takes time to work up a body that strong and... <laughs> Where, but he loves his mother, right? Yeah. He hasn't reconnected with her. He hasn't said, Mum, I didn't drown. Oh, I've been living in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not worry about that. That's all shit. So 79... He couldn't we, find her. <laughs> he couldn't find her. Well, yeah, you got to cut two high holes, mate. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, his peripherals are a bit out. He, he managed see. to find her the second she was knocked off. Yeah, yeah, of course. And quickly set up an altar. Because and... the remake would have you believe that he was only a child. When Mrs. Voorhees was killed. Got killed, yeah. And he takes her head. Yes. That's what the remake would have you believe. Yeah. But that never really talks about him drowning either. No. I think. It sort of, it, I think it steers away from that. I think it goes for more of he was the child and of her, she went a bit nuts. and Yeah. I think that was more what they went for there. Yep. Okay, so according to this situation I've got here, Alice is released from the hospital two months, or, or she leaves the hospital and two months go by 
before she's killed in her home. Yeah. That's what is this insinuates. That would mean Jason was 30-odd. That's fine. I can live with that because yep. he was fully grown. That's that's no worries. You had some issues around, A, how he found her. Yes. And, B, how he... How, does he know, yeah, does he know anything about rotary foes? <laughs> well, this is all the stuff that he's spent time looking up. Well, he was. Where know, did he, he get his calls from? Mother. Do you think was it a TAFE or was it? Well, there's institutes around Crystal Lake, obviously. There's mental <laughs> institutions, so he's checked into the local, you know, learning institutions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I'll let it. I'll let it slide that he found her. I don't know how, but he found her. Yeah. Now, according to the the, the mythology about Jason, he's not a smart man. Correct. No. I don't believe he can read. Well, not as far as we've been led to believe. So he couldn't even read the white pages if he got to that phone book. Yeah, but he's a tracker. <laughs> he's he a tracker. <laughs> he does the scent. She must live mere hundreds of metres from Crystal Lake. God. Okay, so part... After her death, it's five years later, I believe... Something like that. I don't know if it was... Was it five? Yeah, I think it was five. Five years later. That would mean that part two... I don't know where that's established. Having just watched it, I don't... I still don't it. remember. <laughs> it says We're not exactly... About, look, fine details is not the strength no, of the no. podcast. According to this, Friday the 13th part two, which was made in 1981, is set in 1984. Yes. Okay. That's fine. Because part three and four are also take place in the same... Period. Yeah. Within a day of each other. Yes. And then we've got one of the larger continuity errors in the series between two and three. <laughs> his hair disappears. <laughs> his hair disappears. His clothing changes. His visage changes. He doesn't look easy like he yeah, used to. Yeah, his visage changes quite drastically. Yeah. I mean, I can cop 20 years have gone by since we saw him in the lake as a boy. Yeah. So his face would have changed. Yeah. But his hair and stuff, it doesn't seem like it's his sort of priority to... Get the razor out and sort of tidy up. I mean, he wouldn't have even had time. It was only the next day. You got a book. I mean, even just cuts his line. <laughs> you know, that's a roll up and get a get a cut, but you got to wait. Yeah. Plus, he spent some of that some of that time evading authorities. Yeah, evading authorities and doing the predator like sit up in the tree and fix himself. <laughs> yeah, with your gadgets. Parts three and four take place in the same period. So by the time we get to part four, which was made in 1984, it is yep. 1984. Yes. So we're on we're on point now. Yep. Series is back on deck. Problem with that is we've not only got his hair disappearing between films, we've also got this guy who's looking for his dead sister's killer. Yeah. Who only died. Her body would only just have gone cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He hasn't had time yeah. to go tracking through the woods. So obviously because there's years between the films actually being produced, yeah. that makes sense. But in the continuity <laughs> of the movie, she was knocked over two to three days ago <laughs> and possibly wouldn't have been found. Yet he seems to be He seems to have been wilderness. out in the woods for some time. <laughs> he's prepared. He's fucking Bear Grylls. <laughs> he's got a backpack full of materials. Yeah. And that would have taken a couple of days to round up, surely. <laughs> he's also got a very, quite a substantial scrapbook. Yeah. So he's absolutely. And clipping. He's absolutely sped through the grieving period and hit 
fuck it, I'm going to get this bloke and gone down to Bunnings because they're he over skipped, late. He skipped emotion and all that sort of crap. He's moved to revenge instantly. Yeah. Okay, so part four is in 1984. Yeah. Now, Jason dies. Mm-hmm. Tommy Jarvis in 1984... Was about ten. Yeah, about that. I'm I can't go remember. With 10. I can't remember what they said in the movie. I think it was ten because wasn't he the same age as Jason? So he's ten yeah, or eleven. Ten or eleven. Okay, so he's eleven years old. I'm going to surmise in five he was sixteen, maybe seventeen. He's an old looking seventeen. <laughs> I'll give you sixteen or seventeen. Look, he's from the nine hundred two one zero school yeah, of high school. Yeah, he's yeah. he's thirty five going on seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's six years. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's six years. Yeah. So that takes So pl- some of the timelines out there have this in the space of a year, which is fucking ridiculous. So hang on, saying that Corey Feldman grew 10 feet and yeah, yeah. put on um, 45 kilos yeah. of muscle. Even if you sort of... And like, grew a beard. I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy is playing him in five. He is, looks like Manimal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this one, I think you've got to give it at least... Four to five. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give him five. I'm going to be generous and give him five. five. Yeah. That means part five takes place in 1989. Yeah. This this wiki um, surmises it's 1990. Yeah, well, part yeah. Five. No, 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 34. <laughs> yeah. So, again, but, we'll oh, but I'm not worried yeah. about actors' ages. No, no. I would, I'm prepared to cop. Prepared to Tommy cop. was 18 and he had a year in the clean, in the mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. And he'd sorted himself out. Yep. And he'd taken horseshack with him. <laughs> <laughs> ripped out. Yeah, but, um, yeah, anything that says parts four through six took place in the space of one to two years, Idiot. nah, I'm not copping that. Yeah. So that means Jason lives, part six took place in 1990. Yep, okay. Which And it was made in 87, so we're closing the gap. <laughs> we're closing, we're closing the, gap. the gap. Was it 87 or 86? They were doing it every year, so it must have been 86. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's 86. Okay, right, okay, so he gets put under the under the water at the end of six, mm. which is meant to be 1990. Yep. Seven proceeds to tell us that Tina set off her telekinetic powers which sent her father into the same lake. Jason was already there, according to the start of Seven. Seemingly, yes. Now, Tina in the in the opening scene of Part Seven is about <laughs> seven? About that. So I'm we're going to say there's ten more years before Seven. So the, how, does this, the, how does your timeline there go? The crux of Seven <laughs> takes place in 1999. <laughs> Can't you tell by the fashion? Yeah, I know. Obviously, it was throwbacks. <laughs> yeah, it was throwback, it was throwback week. Time. It was throwback week on Crystal Lake. That means the new... No, well, it says here that the new bud takes takes place in 2000. Okay, so that fits. Okay. Ten years have gone past. Now, no problem with Jason because he is a mindless zombie now. So mm. it doesn't matter how he looks and no. the fact that he looks totally different in six than he does in seven. <laughs> but... Jason Takes Manhattan proceeds to say here that it, it takes place in 2002 and there must be, what, a two-year gap between, allegedly a two-year gap between seven and eight. Yeah. I don't remember any, them ever saying anything or mentioning it. No, I don't remember mention, so mentioning it. So I'm prepared to cop that 
eight takes place six months after seven. Mm. Actually, no, okay. I'm not prepared to comment because <laughs> when, the, when the boat turns up in eight, there's a full camp set up with lights and everything. Yeah. In the end of seven, that shit was blown to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was blown into matchsticks. But then we also have another little thing about... Oh, but that's right. There's probably five different camps now. We also have another little thing about eight that's a bit confusing. What, Is other than that, punching a bloke's head off? <laughs> well, she's got the flashback about being taught how to swim. Yeah. And she gets her foot grabbed. By a which, young Jason. By a young Jason. And she's a young girl. So that would let's, let's backtrack 10 years. So that's there's another one of these problems. But we're going with, what, 2001 2002. or 2002? Okay. 2002 for part Based on construction time for the... <laughs> yeah, I believe... Unless that was just another house. I think that was just another house. I think it was. I think it was just another house. Okay. I don't think it was a camp. Uh, right, okay, okay. Jason Goes to Hell is alleged to have happened in 2003. <laughs> so the next year... Yeah. Where did Jason end up? He went to Toxic Waste. Yeah. To, in New York. Yeah. Or Vancouver. And that toxic waste has floated back to back the crystal, to crystal lake. lake. So and then what, his molecules have re... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, Either that or um, at the end of part eight, the worm crawled out and climbed into someone else. But then it shouldn't have looked like Jason, so... Mm. Fuck, mate. This, okay. makes, this makes less sense than Donnie Darko. <laughs> okay, so, so 2003... <laughs> Uh, Jason Goes to Hell was made in 1993. Yeah. This was, you know, based on timelines, 2003. Hmm. He's blown up, he's killed, you know, the whole world. Creighton Duke seems like a 2000s kind of guy to me. He does. He strikes me as a 2000s when he talks about putting a hot dog. Through <laughs> <laughs> that's a 2000s. To me, that's a 2003 uh, That's a 2003 sort of food combo that you, you can sort of get into. The, the, the dries and bone and the cowboy hat sort of... Style is. I mean, you know, that is classic no, no, no. 2003. <laughs> the problem with Creighton Juice dries a bone in a Kubra package is the man from Snow River was 1985. <laughs> so I think Creighton was a slight, he was 20 years out. Right, okay. Okay, so Freddie and Jason, this doesn't actually have a, um, a date. As far as I am prepared to say. <laughs> It happens either the same year or the year after as Jason right. goes to hell because it starts in hell, doesn't it? Yeah, because he is basically. Dead. Okay, okay. So, so that that would make we've caught up. Somewhere. We have pretty much caught up. Yeah, because I believe Jason goes to hell was uh, Jason yeah, Freddie versus Jason was in two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. So basically, same. So two thousand three, two thousand four, and yeah. then we jump ahead to Jason X. Hmm. Which goes 450. <laughs> 450 years into the future. Brilliant. That's why I love that one so much. Well, that one, it, it kind of doesn't belong in the timeline. It's almost as if no. to say, well, you know, it's not really part of that that timeline. They've also included the remake. They have it's, actually included the reboot, but they've kind of said that it's in a different That should sort of timeline. start a new timeline, basically. I would... Uh, that's what I would suggest. I'm, I'm just reading this. 
<laughs> Jason Voorhees is captured by the Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility and convicted of at least 200 murders. So another another facility slash institute around Crystal Lake. There's plenty of them. Things picked up over the years. Look, Jared, do you think reading this kind of stuff, you, you can't take it too seriously? No, of course not. You can't take it too seriously, but... Yeah, you know, when people talk about the timeline, I guess I don't really worry about it. No. Partially because these movies were getting churned out year in, year out for ten, almost ten years. Yeah. Now, you and know, like we said, none of these writers, well, few, very few of these writers were looking back at the finer points when they no. were coming up with their stories. Yeah, Long as it included part Jason. Five. Yeah. <laughs> for a sort of a crash course in what not to do. I've got a question for you. Right. Does that sort of stuff... You probably answered it a little bit, but does it dull your enjoyment or further your enjoyment? Oh, uh, it doesn't really dull it because I, I'm not too, I'm not looking and picking at that shit. Um, I pick at the one from four that Rob Dyer's been looking for his sister yeah. on some sort of mad crusade because it's so fucking stupid. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have even the guy'd be lucky to have got out of bed if his sister was killed. <laughs> I mean, they're on probably different parts of the country. <laughs> Possibly. It's, it, it makes absolutely no sense. It's a character that I don't know why they decided to go back there. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I don't see why they decided to c- connect him to the previous movies. Yeah. It's kind of lazy or stupid, basically, because he could have been anyone. <laughs> he could have just been a guy who... He could have been Bear grill. Well, <laughs> then he would have drunk his own urine and, and eaten berries from bear shit. Like, you know, like... I mean, basically, he would have been Jason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jason's a big fan of Bear vs. Wild. That's how he's involved for so long. Learn <laughs> how to construct himself a bear out of leaves and things. <laughs> no, Jason's actually got GoPros and shit on him, and, and sometimes he'll be sitting there talking to the camera, going, "You know, now what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up here. Oh shit, there's some people in my domain. Just give me a minute." And back down he goes to kill some people. Yeah, look, I think. Look, it doesn't dull my enjoyment. It furthers my enjoyment by a lot because I love to just sit there and read this sort of stuff, and then. Just talk about it. Yeah, 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 Talk about how ridiculous some of it is. And it's it's funny. It makes me laugh. And then when you watch the movies back and you pick up on a little bit here and there, you sort of build up a... I think, Jared, that the attention to detail was not happening back yeah. back in the first eight films. But you think about it, like, how many how many series of movies have gotten so deep that you can construct a timeline like that? Yeah. Very few of them, so it's good fun to actually look at them and then say, "Hang on a minute, yeah. that's not working." Let's or look break at the... that down a little bit. Yeah, and because it was just a money-making venture with none of this sort of care taken to make sure everything fit with the previous movies perfectly, it it, it brings out these laughs and these well, silly characters. That, that... <laughs> once you get seven or eight movies deep, you look at the Saw franchise. They've had just as many problems. Yeah. The thing is, they've tried to connect all that shit. Yeah. And it ended up not making any sense. So <laughs> they got to the final movie and realised, oh, fuck, this is just a waste of time. Yeah, but Jason doesn't make sense either. I know, but at least nobody really cared. At the, like, I guess now you probably couldn't get away with it. Because you wait. 
if they make a, re, a, a second Jason, uh, a second Friday the Thirteenth um, from the the, the the reboot, they will try and connect it back because yeah, that's what so. you do now. You try and sort of create the universe and you make sure you well, connect all the dots. You know, unless it's unless you're sort of consciously dropping connections and or or just you know deciding to go away from the previous movie the internet will just pick it up and yeah um, that's right i mean all this rob stuff that, that doesn't sort of circulate in the 80s like it does now no so nobody thought about it in the 80s yeah. now it's being circulated throughout the web people talking about how the hell's that working yeah and now we've got these timelines i mean there's fucking four or five of them i found oh there's more than that there's there was a shitload and they were all of different yeah, they're all different. They're all subtle differences in amongst them. I think this one we got here, which was it's, the Friday 13th yeah. wiki, is actually pretty good. It's probably yeah. close to the mark. But I think it's very interesting to look at that sometimes. Um, yeah, and fun. get a bit of a laugh out of it. Yeah. And then when you go back to something like Crystal Lake Memories, the doco and the book, it actually makes it more entertaining yeah. because they ask people, you know, what do you think of how this? The hell did the, how yeah. the hell did that boat get out to Don't the, worry about you know, it. How the hell did that boat get out to the ocean to connect up with the boat that was going to Manhattan? And I love the way the director just sort of goes, we thought about that, and then we just sort of let it go. Yeah, well, he, thinking, well didn't he basically yeah. say, we, we thought about that, then we just thought, bugger it, no yeah, one. no one's going to care. So I get the feeling that I, you can see how these things slip through the cracks. Mm. Because care and attention is not taken when you're spending $2 million to make $40 million. Well, some of it they're conscious of. Other parts, I don't think they really... They just say, hey, here's my story and this fits with it. I'm not going back to check, you know, whether this sort of makes a jigsaw with the previous movies. I'm just slapping it in there and yeah. it's that's my movie. And I guess when you're making the same movie eight times, why does it, what does it matter that you didn't go back and connect the dots? It doesn't matter at all because, you no. know, this was about commerce. And it's a little bit of, of a problem. It's, it's actually Friday the 13th in a better position, say, than Halloween. Halloween has tried to connect and taken all these ridiculous liberties to get there. Well, that's how we got into parts five and six. Yeah, exactly. We, we continued to connect to previous films, then retconned some bits and kept other bits that we shouldn't have. Yeah, instead of just saying, bugger it, we're making a movie like Friday yeah. the 13th did. So you can give that... to explain it all and make it... That's why I think this series awesome. is more to my liking. It just doesn't bother with that. Yeah. And I'm not bothered with it either. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Like I said, most of the, I think most of the Friday the 13th, fan, 13th fans you find would say that that makes it more fun. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Well, look, that's it for our discussion on Friday the 13th Part 2 and the Friday the 13th Timeline. If you're looking to get in touch with us, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Uh, like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or at Podomatic on thrillme.podomatic.com. We may end up on Google Play. I'm still trying to work that out. <laughs> it's a technical issue, so that could Plug take in two to three years <laughs> minimum. Um, throw in the timeline uh, inconsistencies, that'll be five to six years. <laughs> but um, until then, look, next, next episode, I believe we, we had a round table. I think we're going with Raw Deal. Was that the gist I got? I think. Raw Deal, Arnie Schwarzenegger, yeah. early Schwarzenegger. Yep. Before he actually moved his face and emoted slightly. 
So it could be for a tough one. <laughs> I'm still yet to yet to uh, <laughs> that hasn't been see confirmed those yet. Allegations <laughs> proven. <laughs> but until we get to raw deal, which I'm sure you're all looking forward to as well, take it easy. Enjoy watching your movies, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au